episode 19, Navigating the Unknown. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. Sharing the adventure of leading and growing a bootstrap SaaS company. Hear the experiences, challenges, wins, and losses shared in each episode. From Aaron Wykey of GatherUp and Darren Shaw of Whitespark. Let's go. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Darren. And the way we usually start our episodes is just by catching up. What's going on? What's happened lately? Yeah, what's going on, Aaron? What's going on? Well, it it seems like we're uh, all have been doing the same thing for, uh, you know, quite a number of weeks now. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting when the... um, until COVID-19 and everything else, anytime someone would post like the Bill Murray Groundhog's Day meme on Facebook or Twitter or something else, I just never gave it much thought. And literally the last, I would say for me, the last 10 days, like I, I absolutely feel that way. Like it is such a lather, rinse, repeat of the same day with such little variance. It's yeah, it's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. I don't know. I, my days are a little bit all over the place, actually. I just keep working on different things and we're, I'm getting pulled in many different directions right now. Things are changing quite a bit, actually, for me, I feel. Yeah, things have been really up in the air and I feel a little scattered. Well, I will I will take some of your variants. I don't know if it's my, uh, my attitude or my outlook or whatever else, but <laughs> it definitely doesn't feel like enough variants for me. And I think some of it too is just like um, other things that I enjoy, like um, conferences and yeah. uh, things like that, right? Like sure. all shut off yeah, yeah, um, sure. sports, right? Like it's it's baseball season. And every night I, I, I love sitting down with my Minnesota twins on in the background and happily, you know, writing a blog post, working on a contract, whatever that might be, just getting some small things done while I'm watching baseball. And like mm. that, that diversion of sports for me, like yeah. isn't there. And that, that's, that leaves a big hole. Apparently there's a huge surge in uh marble run sports. So if you've seen this, they've got like a big table and it's like, you're watching the marbles race through a track. Yeah, that's massive surge in, in, uh, in viewership there. Can you bet on it? I, probably, <laughs> yeah. Bet on the, the white marble. Uh, I, need, I need those small sources of joy. You can start watching um, that while you're doing uh, contracts and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, interesting. I think, you know, um, just as we were talking before and, and prepped kind of some notes, we definitely have some things to walk through. But I think a, a great place to start is like, um, you know, both of us being remote and to some extent, you know, work from home, me not so much yeah. really work from home, but with having a separate office. But, yeah. um, you know, how has it felt that much different for you, family life, at home life? Like, what's that been like for you, Darren? Totally. Yeah. It, it's kind of weird, really, because there is this sense that we're not going out anymore. And so, a bit of isolation, but it doesn't feel that different to me. Like I, I've run a remote company since 2005. I've worked from home since 2005. And so 
our entire way of working, the way that I work is completely the same. No changes here. The only thing is I see the sun a little bit less right now. I'm just like in the house and not, you know, not going outside really. Like I'm not, we're not even going for walks really because, uh, you know, Jill and Violet, my uh, wife and daughter have had mild symptoms. So we're supposed to be really isolated. Um, I've been getting out into the backyard lately, but you know, basically from a work perspective, uh, it didn't change much for us because uh, we're hundred percent remote, right? We've always, always been that way. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. Same for, you know, myself personally and the gather up team. It's like, uh, I've only been remote the last five and a half, almost six years now. Um, but long enough to forget the days of commuting and in office and everything else. So like that shift wasn't that hard where, you know, for the, uh, the rest of, um, our company, which I should drop in, I guess, really quick, just because I'm trying to get good at my references. Our group of products that Alpine Software Group had purchased that are all MarTech that we used to kind of call ASG MarTech, mm-hmm. we actually rolled out a full brand for. So now it's called Traject. Um, so Traject includes the seven um, companies. So uh, Social Tools, Scythe, uh, Authority Labs, ourselves, uh, Great Us. Um, so we're all under this traject umbrella. So we launched that just prior to everything with COVID-19 taking off. So yeah. um, I, I need to make that note before I start saying things because I'm trying to get good at, you know, in being part of rebrands myself, retraining yourself and how you refer to things. For sure. So for the traject team, um, you know, there's about um, 60, 70% of the team as an overall that's all in office and located outside of Seattle in Bellevue. And so, you know, it was interesting to watch that first week, especially was a struggle for them in moving from, um, you know, a centralized office to remote work and many of them and not having doing it right. They're working from the kitchen table um, and things like that. And especially in with having others at home, if your spouse works, like they might be just 10 feet away and yeah. they're working remote, right? And it's like, um, I, I don't have any of those problems. My uh, my wife stopped working um, last year. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a little different at my house. I have four kids that are home all the time now, ages four to 16. Yeah. She's working. Oh, she's working hard. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And they've, they've done fabulous with like leaving me alone. And, you know, they know if the office doors are shut to like cool it with dad. And, and luckily in the last two weeks, um, their distance learning e-school has fired up. And so that occupies anywhere from two to six hours of their day, depending upon what's going on and, and everything else. So yeah, same as you, I feel really lucky that things haven't changed, um, that much. Um, but yeah, the same, you know, my 10 year old daughter just said to me last night, like dad, every like hour so. I'm going to come get you and just make you go outside for five minutes. She's like, you, you just, you're in that hole all day. And I was like, yeah. yeah, you're right. That would probably be a healthy thing. Once an hour though, that'd be tough. I don't know. How about every two hours? <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to, I'm going to try to uh, appease the troops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they have a suggestion for me at this point, I'm just going to take it because yeah, I, I feel for them and all the small things that they're missing out. Like my kids all love school, but man, they are just missing friends and the socialization, everything else. And Oh man, so much. Yeah. We, I used to have a pretty closed door policy with my office. Um, you know, when Violet comes home from school and stuff, the office is closed, you don't come in. Right. But now it's like, 
she she wants to come and say hi to me i'm gonna stop whatever i'm doing just like take some time to like chat with her oh what are you working on what are you playing with these days and and you just hear her stories and just spend that time because she doesn't have any other social interaction and gosh neither do i so it's like yeah go ahead interrupt me anytime come on come on in and we'll have a little chat for a few minutes and then i'll get back to work you know it's just i think it's the way it has to be right now for sure. And especially like, you know, my kids have siblings to play with. Like they still, they, they're very blessed. They have a lot to do. We also live, you know, we're not in like a traditional neighborhood. It's a little more spread out. So there's a couple of acres for them to be outside and play on without yeah. getting into to some of those things and whatever else. So there's, I'm more fortunate um, than not on a lot of th- things. I think the biggest emotional toll on me is just for however long now, 12 years, 15 years, like everything for me professionally has been growth, success, like mm-hmm. constantly going up, right? Like you still have your small struggles and dark weeks or months and whatever else, but really the overall momentum is always forward. And I've never been a part of something like this where that momentum has been pulled back and you go from this growth mindset to a survival and circle the wagons to to some extent. And I think that's yeah. been the hardest part on my mood. Yeah, it's a real shift from, you know, okay, we've got to build all this stuff and, and do all these things and keep growing forward to like, oh, wow, what, what do we have to do to protect at this point, right? So, yeah, that survival mode instinct is, has kicked in. And yeah, it's tough to have that shift. And, and it's, 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 it's a little, it feels, it doesn't feel good, you know, like it, it, all that growth always feels good and that push, push for success. But yeah, it feels bad to be like, yeah, I've got to make these tough decisions now. Yeah. And still trying to find the success within it, right? I think uh, I was listening to the sure. last yeah. week in local podcast on Local U, and I think uh, Blumenthal coined a term of survival. So it's like, how do you find ways to thrive in surviving, right? And the, yeah. that. I instantly grabbed onto that and I was like, yep, that's a great way to refer to it. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah. And I'm seeing it actually, I'm seeing lots of opportunities in my business to, to thrive a little bit. And so, you know, we're trying to put in some defensive moves just to make sure that we can ride it out and some offensive moves. And so, I don't know. I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay about it. It's, It's the dust is starting to settle from the first few weeks of it really getting crazy. And I'm just starting to settle into this new way of how we're going to operate this new economy and identifying the markets that are opportunities. Yeah, for sure. And I agree with you. It's like there was this first big tidal wave, right? Where there was a lot more panic, less information, nothing had really been settled into. And I feel feel like this week, I, I feel like that wave has come, crashed, and it's now pulled back out. I'm still, you know, I, I think there's going to be more waves, maybe not as, yeah. you know, big or aggressive, but yeah. it, it is starting to get a little different and a little more than norm. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, that's happening for me. I have that feeling that, okay, well, those first few weeks, I was just scrambling, trying to figure out, okay, well, what the hell are we going to do? And I, I couldn't really focus on all of the, you know, regular operations you know i was busy like filling out government relief applications and and sorting out all this kind of stuff and so i feel like while that's happening for me it's also happening for every other business in the world where we're starting to kind of okay the dust is settling now let's get back to business and so once it's like what does the new business look like what what does the new way of operating look like and all those businesses are going to start coming out of the woodwork again and economy will 
will pick up. Like, you know, sales have been super quiet, but, you know, we're starting to see more leads come in now as people are looking at alternatives to whatever else they're using, right? Yeah. Well, you you just stated about five different things I want to break down. But yeah. Yeah. Um, what, one thing that you kind of mentioned, you know, I know from you and I, you know, we've both been talking professionally. We've also talked as friends during this just because you like need that support and those outlets. Yeah. Um, but I know you've you've had to make some hard decisions uh, around your business and White Spark and some employee moves. Like, w- what has that been and what does that look like? Yeah. So once this all came out and we started realizing what a massive impact it's going to have on the economy, um, we had to look at our expenses. Like, where are our expenses? What can we cut? So the first thing, of course, was to just take an axe to my credit card statement and be like, you know, what can I cross off here? What do is, is absolutely not essential. So we did some major cuts there. It's kind of crazy. I cut like five grand in monthly expenses off my credit card. And, I was, and after um, I did it, I was like, well, damn, why didn't I do that a year ago, right? It's like <laughs> you weren't so forced much. to. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't forced to. It's like you you kind of get into this like, okay, well, you know, finances are good. And yeah, those services are, are pretty good, but are they that essential? And so I was able to do some pretty good cuts there. Um, and then, of course, the next most major expense for our company, we don't have an office. We don't have a lot of overhead. It's, it's really labor. So... Um, there were a couple of layoffs. Um, one one was uh, on the development side. Another one was on our GMB management team. Um, we were actually in a pretty good growth mode with the GMB management team, where you know we were putting on bringing on about ten to fifteen new clients every single month, right? And so we had just crossed that threshold where we're like, okay, well, we need to get someone hired and trained in order to meet that growing demand. And so we had just hired somebody and she had, you know, taken on a handful of clients right when this hit. Right. And so um, we knew that that one was going to start, you know, backing off. We were actually going to start losing clients. So uh, we had to make a layoff there. Um, It's really sad. She was amazing. We'd love to hire her back as soon as we can. So we're, you know, trying to, once we can, we we would love to hire her back. But, you know, so a couple layoffs. And then another thing is that the government of Canada introduced what's called a work sharing program. I think they always had it, but they they loosened up some of their guidelines around it and made it easier to to get into it. So we reduced hours um, with the team across the whole Canadian team. And uh, just to the point where they could still maintain all of their health benefits. Um, so they still get all their health benefits. They reduce their hours by about 37%. And then the government work sharing program tops that up uh, for them. So it actually it doesn't have a huge impact on them. It shouldn't be too bad. But it, it results in pretty significant uh, payroll savings for the company. So yeah. those all of those things are kind of the defensive moves to make sure that um, we're shoring up some resources in the bank. Because honestly, WhiteSpark has been in this growth mode where we've been running the line where, you know, certainly we've been profitable. But it's not like we, we had millions in the bank or we even hundreds of thousands in the bank. You know, we were always like, okay, once we have enough more revenue, we'd hire somebody else. We, we'd have more expenses. We'd expand our servers. We were always, as a bootstrap company, I think that's just what you do. You, you continue to grow um, your resources and your ability to build faster as you get more revenue. And so that's certainly what we we're doing. So we didn't have like this huge cushion. So my defensive measures were to try and create a little bit of that cushion. So it was tough. What kind of, what was it like for you? 
Yeah. Well, one, I commend you because those are hard decisions and right, just so much battle of that just so many decisions in this are all about the balance between short-term and long-term effects, right? You make yeah, difficult exactly. short-term decisions to survive long-term, right? And yep. just so important. Um, you know, we, I, 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 and we, the company have definitely benefited from being part of a larger org within this, right? So um, let's just say, you know, as I commented to you, if GatherUp hadn't sold and we were still all by ourselves, I will say we had, you know, cash reserves for three months of zero income and 100% of our burn rate to, you know, be able to pay bills. We had done a good job of always investing our growth, but um, we always looked at, you know, we, we definitely put money away when we were doing well um, within our growth and created a little bit more margin uh, to have, you know, whether it was something like uh, this, a crisis, uh, economic downturn, or an opportunity, right? Where we like, oh, if there is a small product or a small team we could purchase or whatever else, we wanted to have at least a little bit of cash on hand. Right. But, yeah. you know, even, even within that, if, you know, if it, it was just me and running the company, we would have made similar moves to what you did, right? There probably would have been a, you know, obviously the first thing is analyze every cost, cut everything out that, uh, out that isn't necessary. Um, but then just with about any company, bodies are your most significant expense. Yep. Um, and yeah, we probably would have at least had to make one, two, possibly even three moves, depending upon how we saw it, um, just to ensure that everything else was in the best position possible to survive a three month, you know, I, I think at least a three month, if not a six month economic winter of you know, what we're just starting to get into. That timing, right? Like, it's so unknown. That's the big thing. It's this uncertainty, right? It's like, okay, we're seeing some drops. It's not that significant, but like, who knows? Maybe in three months, the US economy is going to be so shut down based because of this virus that we're in huge trouble, right? So if there's no spending happening anywhere, then, you know, some of the services and software that we provide will certainly get cut. And so it's just, it's trying to make sure that you can weather the storm. And that's that's what I think we, we've been trying to do. And it's nice that you're in that position. Um, the timing actually of the the acquisition really worked out uh, in, in your benefit, you know, certainly for the founders. And also I think just having that huge, strong umbrella above you that can help protect for, for some of this is, is really a nice place to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who, who would have known, right? Like no- yeah. No way to tell, but yes, this scenario, it just shows you how much timing is a part of everything in life to yep. so, so many different angles with it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, overall, I really feel like um, Traject has done an awesome job. Um, one is a very early communicated, like the position of the company, the financial health of the company, yeah. um, and that they were already in talks with, you know, we've talked before, there's kind of a, a couple layers between the, you know, the very top level of the company down into like the group we belong into. Um, so immediately there was strong communication, hit upon things that, you know, people would be most concerned about um, and delivered a lot of good messaging there. And mm -hmm. really overall, the company just kept reinforcing like people first, right? Like this is tricky. Take care of yourself first. We want you to be emotionally and physically healthy. That comes first. Mm -hmm. um, if you're taking care of that, then we'll get at working and keeping the company healthy and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, we sure. basically have weekly AMAs with uh, the exec team with Traject. Uh, so people are able to ask, 
What's changing? Do you see anything different? What other decisions have you made? Um, so uh, just a really quick and easy way for whatever is a concern for people to hear that. And yep. also for others, instead of those happening one-to-one in an email to the CEO or whatever else, yeah. um, everybody's able to hear it asked out loud and and hear the answer to it, which I, I think- that. Oh man, I'm going to do that. But I've been doing a weekly call with my team. So I always have a weekly call anyways, where I, you know, I, I try to communicate the current health of the company, what's been happening in the company, what we're seeing uh, in terms of you know our revenue and our different lines of business. So I try to communicate that and be clear about that. But uh, the AMA thing is a really good thing. So I often get call- questions after the call, like people just ping me on Slack, right? And I yep. think it'd be really helpful for everyone to have that and just, you know, okay, that's the end of my spiel. Now let's get into the AMA portion of the call. So I really like that idea. And I think I'm going to open that up for Monday's call. Yeah, no, it's, I think it makes people feel more comfortable. Everybody hears the same questions and the same answers, um, which yeah. is also great. Um, and then lastly, they just put together a really good prioritization on this is what we're doing first. This is what we're doing second. This is what we're doing third. So the same things that you know we've just discussed on reducing expenses, different allocations, looking at this. Um, you know, and it, at the bottom of their list is like, if these things don't work based on where things are at, then we'd potentially look at a, you know, a percentage of salary cut across the board. Yeah, yeah. And then if that didn't work, then yeah, we'd have to look at uh, elimination of some positions and, and whatever else. But the the great thing I think it lays out is one, it helps people understand, you know, the playbook that they're operating off of, which allows everyone to buy into the strategy. Um, mm. Two, it really helps them understand, like, there's a whole bunch of things before that comes on the table. And the thing I keep preaching to our team is like, the thing to be grateful for right now is you have some control over this, right? Like we have our jobs, we have our personal income and doing productive work is such a healthy thing right now. And yeah, and a great distraction and like, you know, do what you can to not be paralyzed or inundated or overwhelmed by all of this that's there and focus on your work because being successful with what you are doing is going to contribute to the survival and, you know, some success inside of this and, and making it to the other side. So when yeah. you get into that high level of like, what can you control and what can't you control? Well, we can't control the economy and what happens to our customers' businesses in full and all of those kind of things. But we can control how how well are we doing at our job? Are we doing the right things that are needed to survive right now? Are we doing everything we can to help uh, our customers so we're contributing to their survival? Right. Those, those are all positives that I've just... I've personally worked hard to remind our team, like, be grateful for that and let that, you know, gratefulness um, and what you have, like, be the the passion into what you're doing right now in a difficult time for some to find that motivation. Yeah, totally. There's so much value in that. Like, I, when I have a really productive day uh, in the office, you know, it's just, you, you feel good about it, right? And so it's a nice thing that people can lean on when things seem so bad. You know, being able to take your mind off of the, the struggles of the world and, and the stress of the uncertainty of what's going to happen with this virus and all the health concerns and being able to just put your head into some work for a while and get that sense of accomplishment. Uh, you know, I, I find a lot of value in that. And I think it's a great thing to communicate to the team. Yeah. And you're I mean, you're exactly right. I've said 
multiple times in communication with stuff where we've elevated something very small and then pushed it out, you know, to everyone on our weekly stand up or Slack or or both, whatever, is like no win is too small right now, right? Like celebrate celebrate the smallest thing like it is a Super Bowl championship right now because it's so important for the psyche and for your emotional well-being professionally, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's great stuff. I want to, I'm going to work on implementing some of that uh, with my weekly calls too. Nice. Yep. Uh, the, you know, the next thing I think for us, the big shift almost immediately was, you know, just really realizing, and I think all companies, especially SaaS is in this boat right now is like retention is absolutely yeah. the name of the game right now. Right. Just as you said, like, and the same for us, like uh, leads, sales opportunities, whatever else are like, you know, I don't think they're even 10% of what they were in January, February and early March. Right. That's, that's amazing. I think I'd say if I had to guess on terms of leads for us, it's probably down only maybe 50%. Yeah. So our leads are actually still pretty solid. We're actually seeing quite a few uh, people looking at cutting ongoing recurring citation services. So let's say they were using Yext or Moz Local or some of these other services they are looking at our one-time offering and saying, like, this is this is a much better way to go for citation management. So we're actually seeing yeah. uh, pretty decent uh, leads there. And then our software leads are, you know, I, I'd say they're down about 50%. Yeah. Do you feel like with some of those people are looking like, okay, I want something around this service, but I want a more cost-effective solution? And yep. is White Park that compared to those? So you're going to see some trickle down from those? I think it's exactly what I'm seeing. And I think also on the software side, like we're quite reasonably priced. And so I feel like a lot of people that are with more expensive solutions uh, are looking to us um, or let's say they're, you know, they had to cut a $3,000 a month, you know, SEO engagement with it, with a good uh, firm. And and so they're like, okay, we're going to take this in-house. And now our marketing director has to manage some of this. And they're like, okay, local search software. And then we come up. And so I think that's where that's where we're starting to, to see some of this. It's like people cutting expenses elsewhere and then finding us because we are generally more cost effective. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that can be a, a big win, a force changeover, right? Just just the same as you analyzed your credit card and like, why am I paying for this? Or what can I do, right? When people are doing that, and then you are positioned um, that way, like that, that can definitely be a great, you know, migration from competitors um, to you at, at this time, which is awesome for you. Yeah. So we're actually going to, as part of our offensive moves is we're putting up some landing pages that are specifically around that. And uh, we're going to start yeah. marketing those. Yeah. Yeah. With that stuff, I always think of, I used to, uh, back in the day when, you know, building and running, maintaining websites has worked with a lot of banks and they would do a lot of campaigns on like switching, right? Just like, here's what it's like to switch yeah. your checking account from Wells Fargo to us as a community bank. Oh man, and just really, yeah, yeah, just really laying it all out. So they're able to see like, hey, here's what's different. Here's how we handle it. Here's what we need. And just making it so that the consumer felt really comfortable with like, oh, this switch happens a lot. It happens so much. It's all laid out. And here's the majority of my questions. I feel really good about contacting them to do this. Yeah, I see the same thing in like the cell phone companies, like telecom stuff. Yes. And yep. so, yeah, I'll definitely look to that for inspiration for how to uh, position those landing pages and those marketing messages. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, 
what was really interesting to me, right, when you see and just the way SaaS and recurring revenue works, um, you know, March was still our best month in the history of the company, right? Like every, you know, yeah, I mean, minus, you know, minus one, two, three months over the last six years, right? It's like up and to the right every single month, right? You know, that predictable revenue, it compounds everything else. It's why so many people love software as a service. And so, you know, with everything that's gone on, um, you know, new clients early in the month, we signed a big deal midway uh, through the month. Like there's still all these positive things going on. And most of the customers, you know, that, you know, some canceled um, and others, you know, we've been working with ways to help them with their accounts, but that stuff won't kick in until April. Right. And, you know, just as you and I were talking before, it's like, I can already see from, you know, our predictive revenue tools that our April billing will be about six to 7% down from our March billing. Yeah. And, you know, that, you know, getting back into the psyche and whatever else, like I've watched that number go up. Like I think I've seen it, you know, the months where it didn't grow, it was maybe like a quarter percent that it went backwards or almost even, um, but never even a full percentage point. And all things considered like a six to 7% drop and considering a lot of that is just paused billing, um, you know, is, I think that's somewhat of a, of a positive signal at this point after this first wave of crashing. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. It's like, man, you know, it's the losses are not that bad. And so I'm like, you know, my confidence grows every week where I look at the numbers and I'm like, okay, yeah, I think this is going to be okay. You know, my confidence is growing, but then I'm also a little, I don't want to be overly confident because there's still so much uncertainty. Um, you know, it could get really bad in the next couple of months, right? So I don't want to be overly confident, but I'm starting to feel like, okay, well, if we all settle in and, and this is the way it is, then there's still certainly some thrive opportunities. You know, how can we thrive in the situation? And if we tap into those, certainly we're going to see some losses, but how much of that can we recover with new initiatives, right? Exactly. I, I kind of look at it like, um, as I mentioned earlier, baseball being a favorite sport of mine, right? Like it's like a baseball game and we're pretty much in like, the second inning right now right like there's a there's a lot of game left to be played but it's underway we're out there a couple of things have already happened um you know and for us in those these first couple of innings the biggest thing around that retention is you know we changed our cancel process so instead of just being able to go hit cancel drop a quick you know we ask like all right you know tell us why you're canceling and getting a little bit of info we change that to you hit cancel. Now you get a pop up that says, you know, hey, just so you're aware with COVID-19 and everything going on, like we get it. Let's, you know, um, let's have a conversation and let's figure out how to keep you on board with us, whether it's a reduction in billing. We need to pause your billing for a month, but we put a bunch of things in place and then we built that framework for our customer success team so that they could manage it, right? Where they weren't coming to me and saying, all right, here's what this customer wants. They want, you know, 10% off this month yeah. or whatever else else, we gave them a framework so that they could make those offers, handle those decisions and take care of it right in the moment with the customer. So it really felt, you know, a great, uh, a win for them, win for our customer, win for the business, especially if we kept them from canceling, just to say like, oh, well, great. Like, yeah, I'm a restaurant or I'm an agency that serves restaurants and hotels. Sure, I right. just, I just went to zero income, but I still want to retain this data because they're going to need this when they come back. You know, what, what can we do with it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's really smart. Yeah, actually, we had put some measures like that in place, too. And then uh, we talked to your team about it and got uh, some more ideas. 
And uh, you know, it's it's so valuable. I think that it's one of the big lessons for any of our you know listeners that are also doing SaaS. Like if you haven't put something like that in place, get that up immediately. Some kind of retention uh, recovery program, right? Yep. Because yeah, the cancels are just likely gone, right? It's it's so much harder to get them, say things recover in three months. Yeah. Like getting them to physically come back, sign up, even if you market to them, send them messages, right? Like they've already, yeah. they've mentally divorced the situation. Um, but if you're able to, you know, reduce billing or even pause a month or two of billing, yeah. then when it comes back, then it's like, okay, great. Things are back, you know, close to normal. Are you good? Let's turn this back, you know, turn billing back on. Uh, just so much easier of a process. And you you need to do that when you're dropping or pausing revenue like that. You need more of an instant on when things return instead of yeah. having to work a marketing program around it. Yeah, we, uh, so we actually... Uh, had some reductions on our support team too. So, and our support is still as, you know, it's certainly seen a drop in tickets, but um, it's still still fairly active. And so I didn't want to overwhelm my support team by having them talk to everybody that does, uh, that wants to cancel, because there's a lot of them, obviously, they're, they're coming in, right? And so we, we did the same kind of thing, but it's completely uh, automated. So when you hit to cancel now, it, it gives you an option and be like, well, here are two, here are a couple options for you. One, you could, uh, if you want to keep everything still active and, and still be able to use the software, we know things are tough. It's like, boom, you, here's a, here's a discount for you. You can get that discount. Um, and so people could choose that option and continue to, to operate, or they can just choose the pause option, which means we'll stop, uh, actively, uh, doing anything in your account. We turn off all of the functionality, but will preserve your historical data so that when you're ready to come back in, you can just press one button and turn it back on. So people get to choose themselves on the checkout. And uh, nice. and, and that's been helpful for sure. We're seeing, we're seeing yeah. a few people uh, take us up on that option. Yeah. And I do, I don't know if any of my CS team ever listens to this podcast, but I do want to give them a shout out. They've been doing an amazing job um, of taking care of gather up customers and helping. And like, and that's not easy right now for them either, right? Instead yeah. of of solving technical issues or usability issues and things like that, right? You're you're talking to people who they're fearful, they're losing their business, they're in a panic situation, right? And like you're you're trying to calm them, do your job, and keep the business that you're running maintainable. So really a, a commendable job, a very tricky spot for them in their role right now, for sure. And I I super appreciate it. Like they have handled the lion's share. I've I've handled like you know two percent of the conversations that they've handled, um, and they're they're killing it. I can attest to that as a uh, as a customer. We had we had one of our large. Uh, customers and in, in reputation builder look to cancel and so that conversation happened with us and and your gather up customer support team and man they're awesome did an awesome job really helpful many ideas you know and the real thing that that comes across is that like what can we do to help you know they you just really feel it they, they're just they're, they're it's not about trying to like you know, save the money from the account. It's about like, okay, well, what can we do to help here? And, and, you know, just really being helpful and you feel it and it feels good. Yeah. I think they're doing an awesome job. That's good. I think we have a lot of genuine care in our culture. I've always appreciated that about our team. So that's yeah, awesome to hear, hear it come through. 
All right. Lastly, let's end. Let's end on something. Um, I guess a little more positive. Some of the things that we're doing right now. Like, <clears throat> what what are you doing, Darren? As far as like within marketing, within sales. I know you mentioned a couple of things right now, but how are how are you working this to you know find some success and and get some new business inside of everything? Yeah, for sure. So we have uh, we have a few initiatives that are are, are about to uh, launch. Um, one is what we're calling. Uh, so one of our big competitors that people look to us as an alternative is is Yext. So people have a subscription with Yext, they're paying for a monthly fee or annual fee to just have their uh, citation sitting in in a database doing nothing, right? And so we uh, have, we're about to launch what we call a Yext replacement service. And so if you're currently with Yext, here's how you could switch to us. And so it's exactly what you're talking about with like the banks, right? So um, being able to, we have a landing page specific for it. We have a custom package for it. And so that we're planning to launch uh, next week, actually. And so that's one of the big offensive moves that will keep our revenue on the citation team um, enrolling. So we actually haven't seen huge drops over there a little bit, but not too bad. And so I think this service, could, we we actually are predicting some growth and, and we already have uh, two potential new hires lined up in case we see some growth there from the launch of this service, which would be great because it'll offset other areas of the business, right? So that's one of the big ones. That's awesome. Yeah, this yeah, EX replacement service, I think is it's it's overdue. We've been thinking about it for a long time. And so uh, we're pulling the trigger on that one and, and trying to get that up as soon as possible. Another huge one is uh, our our biggest recurring um, uh, software is our local citation finder. It's basically what we've built our business on. And that software honestly hasn't had a line of code added to it since probably, you know, 20. 15. Like we have not touched the thing. It's ridiculous, right? So we've partly not touched it because it's been in the sort of complete overhaul, redesign, redevelopment phase forever. That is, we're actually shooting for a, a launch in 10 days, the 27th. So March or uh, April 27th, Monday, April 27th, we're trying to uh, finalize the, the final pieces of marketing and polish and we're pushing that out the door and oh my god it's like unbelievably better and it's actually one of these weird pieces of software that over the period of um you know since this covid thing happened we haven't seen that like i look at it on a daily basis and it's like six new signups five cancellations the next day will be like you know uh seven new signups you know, eight cancellations. And so it's like, it's holding fairly steady. And I feel like once we launch the new version of this, massive retention because the software is just so much better. Like people are canceling, not not necessarily because of COVID, but they're canceling because the software is like, you know, it did the job for them, but it's, it's pretty weak and it doesn't have a lot of reason to stay um, subscribed. The new version provides ongoing value in, in a way like that's so much better than what the old version did. And uh, it's it's a delight to use. It's fast. It feels great. It looks great. Um, it just delivers so much more value. So I think we have the retention, but massive marketing push, right? So like, yep. there's so many people that are familiar with that software and have been using it for years. We have a huge opportunity to, um, you know, get our name out there and push the marketing for that. And there's probably a hundred blog posts out there that reference the local citation finder, right? All the outreach to them. We can uh, mention them, hey, we got this new version. I've set you up with a, with a free trial account, check it out. And then so I think we're going to have a massive 
um, blast of additional marketing value, which of course will bring people to the local citation finder. But once they're there, they see all the other stuff we do too. So I think that those off, those two offensive moves are huge. Um, and then on the Google My Business Management service, so that's a great service that uh, was seeing fantastic growth. And I was really excited about where it was going. Um, we've certainly seen a cutback. We've probably lost about 20 to 30% of our clients over there. But um, I did some talks in the fall for auto dealers where I crawled like every Google My Business listing in all of Canada for auto dealers. And I broke it down like how many are using Google Posts? How many are using, uh, have filled out the services fields? How many are using products? You know, all, the, all these different features. And then I presented those stats and then I talk about well, wow, no one is doing this. It's a massive opportunity. Here's how auto dealers can take advantage of that. And then of course, I think that data, which we're about to publish uh, for auto dealers, it's not a great time to be targeting auto dealers, but we can re we're rerunning that crawl for like accountants and lawyers, um, home services, all these businesses are still continuing to operate. We're gonna rerun that, those marketing initiatives so that we can get in front of those audiences and present our Google My Business Management Service because that management service is actually really reasonably priced. It's, uh, it's $349 a month. And so um, for a lot of businesses that are cutting bigger expenses, it's one of those ones where they can come to us for a much lower cost you know, they're offsetting their cost, taking off that huge bill off their credit card, replacing it with this and still seeing great value in their marketing. So those are the things that we're, we're looking at. And, you know, that's cautiously optimistic that we'll, we'll be able to even potentially thrive over the coming months. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And that kind of, to some extent, the same backbone of what we're trying to do. Um, one, right, I've seen you put out some tweets and sharing some visuals on the updated uh, local citation finder. Like, what a great way, right? Build some excitement before it even yeah, happens. A little bit of that, yep. yeah. yeah, love love doing that stuff. Big believer in like just doing your work out in the open or, you know, looking at your product as an aquarium and everybody can can see in. I think those are, are great things. Um, but I think at the core, what you're getting at is like having things to talk about, right? Instead of if the only thing you have to talk about is we need sales, like that's that's a boring conversation that nobody wants to listen to. Yeah. Um, kind of like how you and I joked before this started. Yeah, you made the statement that you have COVID blindness because every email that comes in says COVID on it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's a, a new message from our CEO. It's like, oh my God, I don't want to hear what your CEO has to say about how, yes, you're still operational. I'm sure you are because everyone is and thanks for the info. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what we've looked at is you know, the, the overall, uh, again, back to retention is like, all right, how do we help customers? Um, one initiative that I launched is like, um, I, I wrote out in a couple of hours, I created a spreadsheet and wrote down like 120 blog topics. And then I took it to our team in our standup and said, everybody pick at least two of these to write on in the next few months. That's impressive yeah. brainstorming, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm never short on ideas, only time to execute. Yeah. So, you know, it, it brought it to everyone where usually it's like Mike and I blog and then we have a, a product and content marketer. She blogs a little bit, a lot more on like feature releases. Yeah, um, yeah. So we've gone from a once a week, once every two weeks post to like three posts a week for the last three weeks now. Um, yeah. And it's it's been great. Yeah, yeah. Smart. And more, you know, more social chatter, more things to come in, more things to talk about. Um, and also internally, I, I find um, 
you know, people already, it's, it's great gratification for them to put work into it, put it together and then have it published. And instead of sharing on their LinkedIn or their Facebook, like, Hey, here's what Aaron wrote, or here's our company blog. Now it's like, here's what I wrote. Right. Um, and there's, there's pride and accomplishment behind that. And so I, I really feel like it's been a great movement. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's created a lot more work for me because I'm basically editing and finding really good visuals and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, but I, I love it, right? Like the post is at least half written, if not more, by the time I, I'm able to, to get into it. Um, so that's been a really big plus, right? And like, I'm, I'm always kind of a slogan or a catchphrase guy. And so internally, we've just um, really rallied around like mentions are your best marketing and inbound is the best outbound right now. So yeah, and going with those content, then we have the, you know, we're doing the local search, ask me anything webinar with you and Joy Hawkins on April 23rd. We already have a hundred and some registered for that. So I'm pumped about that. Uh, Traject uh, has been great. They created a, you can use other, uh, if you're a paid gather up customer, you can use our social product, Scythe, which is reporting or authority labs for free for 90 days. Um, so we're, we're offering access to other tools as well. So it's given us a lot to talk about, write about, be out there with. Um, and, and yeah, it's helped. It's like our, our agency leads are down probably about 25 to 30% of volume of what they were. And then our multi locations are really far down that that's the one that's like below 10%. Um, and there we're just trying to like, all right, what are, what are the industries that are doing okay right now? Right? Like certain areas of logistics, um, that that's doing well, right? Uh, grocery, um, pharmacy, things like that. They're doing well. Um, so we're, we're doing some light outbound with those, but much more, you know, we recalibrated around, you know, I just kind of, um, put together a strategy of the three R's and it's like research and know the prospect super well, reach out as like a friend, a colleague, like ask questions, how it's going for them. What are they seeing? Things like that. Um, and your goal is to build relationship, right? So instead of trying to slam them into a demo, all you're trying to do is like get conversation going. Yeah. Uh, and try to solve their problem. Like, you know, what is the thing that they're, they're struggling with? Why are they even considering you? And yep. then, you know, understanding what their challenges are and seeing if you can help them with that. Yeah, that's, that's all people want. Yep, for sure. So we've just been hitting on that and we're start, you know, we're starting to see progress. It's like we're seeing the uptick in traffic um, to the blog. We're seeing, you know, more social chatter. We're seeing some of these other things and these things are, they're a little slower plays, right? It's, they're, they're not, it's not going to be next day success, but I really feel like if things cycle down another level, that's when this stuff is going to kick in for us. And it's going to, it's going to keep us where we're at. Um, and then it even kill. And we're also, you know, we're not pissing people off by trying to shove sales and demo requests and everything else in their inbox, um, yeah. doing cold outreach at a time where nobody has mental bandwidth for that. And man, and I cannot believe the uptick in like terrible cold outreach emails I'm, I've been getting in my inbox. And so it's like, gosh, people are extra sensitive to it right now. Do not be taking that strategy. It'll not pay off for you. Yep. I'm not yet. Like I don't even read my sales pitches right now. Like it's just, Forget it's, it. yeah. Not even to like see what they're saying. It's just such a hard delete. Right. So of course, and it's like the worst time to be like uh, pitching. If your company was built off of, you know, outbound, man, that, that was not a good move. Like right now you need to be an inbound based company. Yep. For sure. I agree. All right. Well, I think we've ran a gamut of things 
And uh, I'm hopeful the next time we record, it's not Groundhog's Day and we're talking the same things. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be interesting to talk again in a few weeks and see uh, see where we've landed. You know, we, there may be some some of these uh, proactive moves. We'll see how they're paying off and uh, see where things are at. For sure. Yep. Oh, great to catch up, Darren. Glad things are going as well as they can for you guys. I'm excited to uh, see see the launch uh, of the local citation finder. And I think you set it up perfectly. It sounds like it's going to launch in about two weeks. You know what? It's even less than <laughs> 10 days now. So I think... I think oh, I, I like this. Yeah. I've, I've shortened my two weeks to 10 days. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, see, we're always we're always evolving and improving. That's what I like about talking to you. That's right. Yeah. All, all right. Cool. Great talking to you, Aaron. Yeah, you too. Hey, everyone. Um, you know, wishing you guys all well in personal lives, emotionally, fighting for your business, all of those other things. Um, many of you are so gracious. You like uh, reach out on Twitter, have sent encouraging emails on our episodes, and they're helpful and everything else. If you have anything going on in this time that this has sparked that you have a question on, or you want to know how we're operating, or even want to share some of yours, um, please feel free to reach out uh, to Darren and I. We're really easy to to get a hold of either from our website or on Twitter. Um, so go ahead and reach out to us. We'd love to cover any of that on our upcoming episodes. Yeah, and even if you just want to chat via DMs on Twitter or something, you've got some questions, uh, happy to, to talk and, and see if there's anything I can do to help. For sure. You're a good guy. All right. All right. Take care, Darren, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye.